The shop is open. This is the Talk About RC podcast, where we talk about RC racing, crawling, bashing, building, and dad stuff. Get back to work and listen, amigo. I'm your host, Pablo Guerrero. Boom, we're back in the shop. I'm uh, crushing some work because I got some stuff coming up. Gotta make that money, just kidding. Now I'm behind on, uh, well you guys don't know what day it is, but it's Saturday. I'm behind on some projects. I need to get into some RC projects, so I gotta get some work done. So you're gonna be under the hood with me today as we do some welding. So hopefully the sound isn't terrible, but I'm gonna be doing a little bit of welding while we're talking. And I wanted to talk a little bit about format change. So we're gonna be talking about the frame set for success soon. And I know growing this podcast is a marathon. I know it's not going to be uh, a short endeavor by any means. And I know it's gonna be something that's gonna take time to grow. I'm cool with that. Um, I've grown my social for a while, so, and my and what I love about my social media is that it's not, I didn't pay for any advertising on my social media. It's all organic growth, which I commend myself for doing that. I just never thought that, I've paid for boosting on my business side, uh, my, and it has nothing to do with RC stuff, but I've never paid to boost an RC thing. Um, it's just not, I don't see the return on investment for followers because what's that about? Um, for me, I much more appreciate my community that I've built. And I don't say I've built, I guess. I, I just mean the community that has been built and that I'm a part of. Um, is big for me and I enjoy doing that and I enjoy being a part of that and you know there's not a return the return on investment for me is the the people and the uh, being able to interact with them that kind of a thing so one of the things that I wanted to get to was the format of this now I feel like I listen to podcasts all day And I know not everyone else does, but I listen to them all day because I work by myself um, for the most part. Um, My wife works here when she can, but she's doing a gig at the school, which is super beneficial to us. Um, So with that, I'm solo again. And I started the business solo and my wife helped out a lot, but um, it's all the main fabrication and stuff is on me. And so I listen to podcasts all day. I'm in my head all day thinking about things, listening to podcasts. I listen to Rogan a lot. When O Canada, the podcast is on, I used to listen to that a lot and Pop Jaw. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Unashamed. Uh, that's the Duck Dynasty guy. That's a really good one. 
Um, there's one called The Angry Designer, Lex Friedman. I mean, I listen to a bunch. Um, so it kind of takes up my day. And I have a TV out in the shop so I can actually Bluetooth the audio to my headset while the TV's on so I can watch video podcasts while I work, which is a lot of fun too. So format, I don't know that I'm really gonna delve down the video aspect because I already do a live with Tony and that's already captured on video. So I don't really know that I need to do that. But time, that's, that's another big question, right? And so time is, uh, is a tough one for me. I always have to balance my time and figure out how I can make more of my time, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm thinking is I've been kind of going back and forth on how long these podcasts should be. I really, love listening to longer ones, but I know not everyone else has that same kind of window. And so I'm wondering kind of like, what's the best wheelhouse? Um, I think an hour, like 40 minutes to an hour is probably good, but I know most people, their commute is like 30 minutes. And so they would take advantage of that while they're working. Um, so I see that being a benefit. Um, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm not really sure what the best time frame is. I think being a solo show, long times are tough. I mean, I could, I, doing the little segments here and there are awesome for me, but I think the talking for, like, if I had to listen to one person talk for an hour, unless they were highly entertaining, which I don't believe I am, <laughs> but, Unless they're highly entertaining, that's the only way that I think I could be captured by them for an hour. Um, shorter ones are good, but then at the, um, it's a double-edged sword because then sometimes I don't listen to the short ones because I don't want to go and interact with my phone. Like a lot of times what I do is I get in the podcast mode and I'm just listening and then I want to get to work. And so I put on my earbuds or whatever, or however I'm listening and then I just get to work for a certain amount of time and then I can be like, okay, and close that book and on to the next thing. So there's a little bit of that too. So I'm kind of like really wondering what the best route is. Um, I think I really like the 30 plus minute range because then it also gives us time to kind of identify with the person and what the tone and the topic is. Um, but let me know. So I started posting these on YouTube. Uh, let me know in the comments on YouTube or in the comments on Instagram. I'm gonna be posting short clips on Instagram uh, of this kind of stuff. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, do you think I should go 30 minutes or less? Maybe do a couple times a, a week? Or do you think I should stick with my 40 plus, 30 plus, and do once a week? Let me know what you guys think and we'll see what we can do. Do you have tiny hands? Do you insist on working on small things? Head over to ccxrc.com to get all your 124 scale needs. If you want to make your 124 scale weigh as much as your 10 scale, He's got you covered. They also have electronics too. Try the Mighty Chihuahua or the Baby Goliath and make your 124 scale a Mighty Mouse. 
Use code RCAMIGOS at checkout for a 5% discount and keep listening for specials. CCXRC.com. And don't forget to tell them in the messages that you're going to shoot them in the baby maker with a BB gun. Tell them Pablo sent you. So I finally made it out to the trail. I don't know why this summer has been so light on trailing for me, but for some reason, I just haven't had the ability. Ooh, this might be loud. That's metal on metal. Um, so I haven't had much time to actually get out on the trail, which sucks. Um, been busy with other stuff, work. Uh, we did a lot of racing this year. So I, you know, I'm not, it's not like I haven't been doing RC. It's just been doing a lot of racing, done a fair amount of building, um, making other content, uh, you know, this podcast, been doing lives, more YouTube. Um, so I just really haven't had a chance to get out on the trail as much, and I love the trail. Like, that is probably my favorite part of RCing is getting out in the environment and having fun out there. Um, but I just haven't had a chance to do it much. It's just, it never really has lined up for me this year. So, speaking of lining up, I'm trying to line up this sign face that I just made. Doing a cool sign, a neon sign that says Easy Riders on it. Um, pretty cool, but so I finally made it out and my daughter came out with me, which was super cool because she wants to start hiking more. Um, we're getting into hiking season right now. So hiking season for us is, uh, summertime is not bad. It's not bad at all, but you know, it's just a little, a little hot, a little muggy. I mean, I don't mind it one bit, but it's just, it's not, I, it's not the perfect weather. Perfect weather for us is probably late August through October is perfect trailing weather. It can be kind of soggy out, but it also is very, um, like the colors are pretty, you get some, I like driving in like through waterfalls and stuff like that, that kind of thing. So it, it can be beautiful weather out at that time of year. And so, and it's cool, it's crisp. You know, you get those crisp, um, crisp mornings, that kind of thing. So right now is kind of like the perfect time to go hiking and to go trailing. So we went out and we did, a short, oh, actually, that kind of is a segue. Um, we did a short little hike, and it was cool, because I, I said, hey, why don't you try, I asked her, I said, do you want to try, you know, shooting some video while we're out on the trail? And she's like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And so I got her, to, I gave her the camera, and I got her going. Hopefully this isn't too loud. If it is, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I gotta get work done. Um, no, but so I got her out on the trail, handed her the camera, and she's been real artistic lately. So I was like, hey, you tell me how you want. I kind of gave her some tips. 
And then I was like, just tell me where you want to drive or where you want me to take the car and you do the shooting and I'll do the driving. And so she did and it was, the video conceptually was really good. Uh, execution, I probably should have helped her out a little bit with keeping the camera square. Or not square, but keeping it steady. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun, you know. I, I really needed to get out there. It's kind of a bummer because we took Lazarus out and we took uh, the new Utron out, put some new wheels and tires on it, and I wanted to get some good video of that. But we got about a mile and a half in, and I get a call from my wife, and she's like, hey, you got to get home. Something's wrong with Lucy. Lucy's our, our dog. And so... Long story short, took her into emergency vet. Um, we ended up double timing back and meeting my wife at the vet. And this is on a Saturday afternoon. And turns out that they think she broke her tail. We have no idea how. Um, it's super bizarre, but it happened. So that's that. Um, she's way better now. I think it was kind of one of those things where it was, I think it probably was dislocated. We didn't get uh, x-rays. The vet was, our, our vets are really good out here. They're, they're not trying to take your money or anything like that. They're more realistic. And you know, I, at the end of the day, I was like, so is this like a, like a finger break? You know, where you tell me my finger's broken. I've broken all of my fingers except for one thumb. Um, but I'm like, is this, you know, you tell me it's broken and just to take it easy and Maybe we wrap it, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't kind of a thing. And she's like, that's exactly what's gonna happen. So we ended up not getting the x-ray and we just, uh, we ended up just kind of riding it out. She took a bunch of meds and she's better now. So that is good, I'm happy for that. But where I was going with this story, where we were starting is we, I wanted to talk a little bit about trail prep. Like what I do for hiking, so there's two types of trail things that we do. We do the hiking, and then we also do the trails where it's like a quick hit, where you, I know you don't need a bunch of equipment to get out there. It's just more of a, let's get out on the trail and play kind of a thing. We have a couple trails that are short that way I can get to quick, so I don't really, like this one that we were on. We were a mile in or whatever, and you know, it wasn't, wasn't too hard to turn back around and come back fast. So, um, so there's that. Uh, so, so let's say you're going on a short trail. Maybe it's like a easy little walk. Um, some things to bring. If you're traveling with kids, always, always bring a few things. Number one, bring snacks granola bars, beef jerky. Make sure you have enough water, uh, especially if they're with younger kids. There's nothing worse that like kills your vibe is when your kids start getting pissy because they don't have food. <laughs> like there's nothing worse than that. Um, and it's, a, and, you know, I, I remember one time I went out with my, my stepdad and my son was just not having a very good day. And that, he knew it, right, my stepdad knew right off the bat. He's like, well, did you, get, did you feed him? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, don't get, because he saw me getting frustrated. 
are flustered with it. And he's like, well, you can't be pissed about that. He's hungry. He doesn't know how to feed himself. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, huh. So always bring food, always bring um, water or something to drink. Uh, the other thing that I've found, and this is funny, um, I don't know why. Hold on, I'm gonna send this screw home real quick. Hopefully it's not too loud. One, two, three, go. Woo! So one thing that I found was uh, my son, for some reason last year, just really liked to go to the bathroom on the trail. <laughs> like, and I'm not talking like take a leak. I'm talking like full bear style. And he was just all about it. And so I learned quickly to take toilet paper with me on the trail. So another story, I won't get into details. Maybe I'll get into details on the live, but I had one hit me like that when I was way out. I used to go out early in the mornings before anyone woke up on work days and uh, try to get a couple miles in. I think I'm gonna start doing that again. But uh, yeah, you always wanna have toilet paper on you. It can create some awkward experiences. Um, send this one home too, ready? Three, two, one, go. Woo, that is loud. Hopefully it's not too crashy for you guys. Um, so what do we got? We got food, toilet paper, water. First of the three things that you wanna bring. The next things are all mechanical, I would say, for these short ones. So these short ones I take uh, a toolkit. I have an awesome Reese toolkit that I take and it's got a, uh, you know the handle that's got all the typical sizes and it's got the, uh, what's it called? It's got the wheel nut on, or the wheel nut wrench on it, all that kind of stuff. Definitely need to have that. Take an extra battery, um, take an extra battery. Now, there's a couple different ways to get out there on these little short ones too. You can instantly put your car down and walk behind it the entire way, or you can put it on your backpack. That would be the other thing that I would say is bring a method to tether your truck to your backpack. I should make a video about this and now that we're talking about it, I think I will, because that is super important, because inevitably, at some point, you're gonna break out on the trail. You're gonna break on the trail, or something's gonna happen, you're not gonna be able to run. It just happens all the time. So, uh, definitely, I would say, you know, bring something to tie your truck to your backpack so you don't have to carry it by hand. Carrying it by hand isn't the end of the world, but it's just not very convenient. Um, so I, I use these things, uh, uh, intern I had, actually as an employee for a little bit, to uh, had these things called Abadabs. They're like a bungee cord with these two I don't know what they're, they're like the cinch button kind of things. And so what I do is I get, I look for backpacks that have like a hoop. They have two hoops on the bottom, on the, on the back, and then one hoop at the top. And so I hook my back axle through the two hoops on the bottom. And then on the top one, I hook my front axle to the like handle hoop with that bungee cord. It's awesome. It really makes life easy for walking around with your truck. 
So I, I say take that, take your extra battery. And with those, you know, I guess the next thing I would say is maybe take a first aid kit. Uh, most of these short ones, you're really not gonna, you, you'll survive getting out, right? If it's a, if something happens. Now, now comes the long ones. The long ones are tricky. You have to commit. So you have to make up your mind if you're going to do a like walk behind your truck the entire time or if it's like a destination hike. Um, so some of my, if you watch our YouTube, you'll see our trail amp videos where sometimes, you know, we're, we'll be, most of the trail amp videos, we crawl the entire way. Um, some of them, I've been on the hikes before and so I know where the good spots are. And I like to take, you know, this only really works for some of my trucks. So like for instance, the Lazarus truck, that is not a backpacking truck to take on a hike that's seven miles long and you're backpacking for six miles of it with the Lazarus truck. That is not the truck to do that with. Now we have hiked behind that truck driving it the whole time and it, we've done like probably five miles with it but it's a heavy truck, so it eats batteries and all that kind of stuff. So there's that to consider. Um, the, so on the long hikes, sometimes what I do is I take a lighter truck, like a line killer truck, and, and that's actually my bug. I call it the Bushido, or not the Bushido, the, the Bisho, the Bisho bug, which is, means bug. Um, it's the Bisho Sendero is what I call it, because it's a Sendero kit. But, uh, you know, I carry that up on my backpack. That's probably seven pounds. And I take tools. I take basically all the stuff that we just talked about. Tools, toilet paper, snacks, uh, water, obviously. Uh, so, but then when I go on the, on the long ones, I take extra stuff. So I have a little pack. And so here's another tip. When you carry like your toilet paper, uh, roll it up, two, two tips. If you're just rolling up some toilet paper off of your roll at home, get it nice and tight rolled and put it in a Ziploc baggie, like a sandwich bag. Throw a lighter in that bag also and have that Ziploc baggie in your backpack so in case anything happens, you've got, you don't really wanna burn your toilet paper, but you've got a dry lighter, like if you fall in the water or if it starts raining or whatever, you got a dry lighter to light a fire if you need to. So that's one, one tip with that. Um, the second one I would say is bring a first aid kit that's waterproof. So I have a, a, a pretty good first aid kit. Um, some of the hikes I go on are pretty aggressive. So I wanna make sure that I have the stuff on me that um, will either get me stable or get someone else stable. So the toolkit, the the first aid kit has, you know, all the triage stuff. It's got band-aids, it's got ointments, it's got, this one has thread and needle and scissors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's got a nice pack, um, I don't remember. It's got a bunch of stuff, but it's compact. Um, and always keep that on you if you're going on these long ones. Uh, make sure to take on, I have a really awesome RC four-wheel drive LiPo to USB. Uh, adapter and so I take that I always take extra batteries uh, more than I need to but I try to conserve on weight but I take that so that I can plug in my phone if I need to and then I also have a solar powered battery bank 
that I put in my backpack in case I need it. The, I mean, you can tell these are kind of getting to the, you know, the long hikes where there's no service and there's no anything out there. Um, I take that, I have a life straw. Uh, sometimes I take my trekking poles. The life straws are nice because if you have a creek or if you have runoff or something, you stick the straw in and slurp up water and it, it cleans it out for you. Um, that's really nice. So you got the tools, you got the batteries. Um, always be mindful on the batteries too for you know, how much battery you're gonna need and you know, having one extra. Um, the batteries for charging stuff is awesome. I've used it so many times. Uh, you don't want your, battery, your phone to die out there just in case. Uh, bring a whistle. Um, bring something that is like a, a secondary fire starter. So if that's a magnifying glass on a compass or, you know, a compass is really good to have also just to kind of understand your bearings. I guess that's probably one of the biggest ones. If you're gonna go on one of these hikes that's intense with your RC car, make sure you know you're not getting in over your head. So understand the direction, you know, when you get out of the car, look at your compass and see which way you're heading when you get out of the car. And that way it'll tell you, I, you know, if you're seven miles in and you get lost, um, you know, your compass will tell you the general direction that you gotta go, uh, you know, and check your compass frequently. Um, the other thing I do is I get, I have an app called All Trails. Ooh, they should sponsor this, this, uh, this podcast when we start doing the hiking stuff. Hang on one second, let me take a drink. Monster energy, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go, what was I talking about? I was talking about, see this is where it's nice to have a co-host because then they can be like, come on stupid. We were talking about, oh, All Trails. Yeah, so All Trails is awesome because you can download their app, drill a hole, drill a hole. Boom. You can download the app and the app will actually, you can download the GPS uh, maps so that your phone will do the GPS. Now, if you go and you watch one of my YouTube videos of Heather Lake, I actually lost the trail because I was out in the snow. Um, I lost the trail and I used my GPS to get me back on trail. And I was thankful for that. So all trails app is really awesome. You can download the GPS map, like I said, before you get out there, before you lose service, so you can kind of get your bearings. Um, bring a life blanket, just in case. Um, I pack in that same uh, baggie that has my toilet paper and my lighter, I pack uh, enough ibuprofen in case I need it, because odds are, Odds are I'm gonna be able to get down off the mountain with my own power or under my own power. So I have a good amount of ibuprofen and stuff in there so that if I need to gut it up and just get down the hill, I can take a handful of ibuprofen. And I don't recommend that. I'm just saying, if you need to take some ibuprofen and you know, if you get a sore back or something like that, take two or three ibuprofen or I don't know what I have in there, Aleve, Advil, something like that. Um, so you can get down the mountain. So that's another thing to put in there. Oh, actually I'm walking over to my pack. I have, that's something that I would suggest too. If you have a pack, 
or if you do this frequently, get a pack just dedicated for hiking. That way you don't have to repack it every time. And so I have a great hiking pack that I use for it. So let's see here. Let's throw it up on the table. One of the things that I would suggest having is having a little, um, you can kind of hear it. It's a little box full of extra parts. So like extra screws, extra clips, a servo horn. What do I have in here? I have my USB thing, servo horn, clips, screws, uh, an extra pinion. I have extra hexes, 12 millimeter hexes, um, extra grub screws for the drive shafts. Um, so that's in the, one of them. Uh, oh, bring a Sharpie and a pencil. Uh, the other thing I bring often is bring some candy. You never know when you're gonna need a little bump. Uh, make sure you have your cords in there. I have a headlamp in here. That's a USB rechargeable headlamp. Um, I have a Cal RC mat that is four by six. In case, I, well, I shouldn't say in case, when you have to do a trail repair, you're always gonna have to do a trail repair. So I have that. Um, this pack, if you're going on the long hikes, you're always gonna wanna be prepared with um, like what other clothes you're gonna need. So pulling out my pack. So this has, I have some like PGOs in here and I have some granola bars in there. Um, in the Ziploc, I have a tripod. Uh, here's my first aid kit. I have a, there's my life straw. Um, my, my solar blankets. Um, I don't have the clothes in here right now because I probably took them out to wash them. But I generally carry like a, depending on what time or when I'm going up, you know, either a long sleeve, uh, an extra pair of socks. Uh, and sometimes if I have, if I'm going somewhere, I, I go on the mountains out here in Washington, the weather can really change, um, especially when you get in like the fall season. The weather can be 70 and then beautiful and you get up to the top of the mountains and then a storm comes in and you're sitting in 40 degree weather. So bring, you know, a compactable coat. Um, and as a last little tip, this one's getting kind of lengthy, I feel like. As a last little tip, what I would do is I would bring uh, flip-flops in your truck, or in your, uh, my truck, in your car or whatever. Leave them in your car. Because if you go on a hike, there's nothing better than taking off your shoes and socks and putting on your flip-flops. Um, or for those people that wear Crocs, wear your Crocs and driving home with that. It makes your feet so much, feel so much better. And then lastly, I always get on my way there extra Gatorade and extra food, or I just pack extra food and I leave it in the car. Um, so that's debatable if you want to leave food in the car if you're in the mountain area because of bears. But I leave it in the glove box in the car so that I, if I run out, if something happens and I run out of provisions on the trail and I make it back to the to the car and I'm starving, I'll have um, some stuff there, some extra water, some extra food. I did go on a hike last season that was like a 12 mile hike in one day and we gained like 3,000 feet. It was ridiculous. And I came 
about a mile and a half out, I started getting severely dehydrated, like the, to the part where like my lips were sealed together and my tongue was sealed together and I was out of water and we were going up a hill that, or going down a way where there wasn't any runoff or anything like that where I could get water. So I was getting starting to get in a hurting shape, but I had provisions back in the car, which made it glorious when I got back. So always think about stuff like that. I mean, even if you're an experienced hiker, stuff like that happens. So good luck guys. Tell someone when you guys go on those long ones, tell someone where you're going, give them the route, all that kind of stuff. Stay safe out there. Um, there's some other safe, oh, real quick, safety, other safety, self-protection out there. Um, I rarely travel with bear spray. Uh, sometimes because they're not gonna they're not gonna be around really if you have an RC car they're gonna run away from the noise or if you have your dog um, but I always carry a knife I have a like a, a SOG multi-tool um, which has a saw on it and pliers and all that kind of stuff always carry one of those I always have a spare Swiss Army knife in my pack um, and you know if you're into the things that go bang carry the, the the thing I was told is uh, small ones piss those animals off big ones will stop them so <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt um, and stay safe out there guys and I hope I see you when you come down off the mountain do you know what happens when you eat aluminum foil Speaking of sheet metal, head over to ScaleMetalSupplies.com to find all sorts of bend and braze projects for your tiny truck. From the new Fast Dash, hot seats, shock boxes, Scale Metal Supplies has you covered. When you check out, use code TACOBOUTRC to get a 15% discount at checkout. Don't forget, ScaleMetalSupplies.com. Go check them out. They got all kinds of cool stuff there for your tiny truck building needs. should not have done that. As Ron Burgundy would say, I immediately regret that decision. So I stopped eating fast food probably a couple months ago. No particular reason. I just thought I was eating too much of it. It's probably not the most healthy thing, obviously. And I just didn't like how much it was costing. Um, it's really easy in my lifestyle to eat fast food because I'm just always on the run, always on the go. So when I decided, when I made that decision, you know, I was like, okay, what's going to be my, what's going to be the cause of that decision? Well, it was sometimes making my wife not ha happy <laughs> because uh, we'd be somewhere and, you know, at, well, she got over it quick, but at first it was inconvenient, right? Because I was like, nope, not going to eat that. Uh, and we'd go and the kids would get something to eat and she would get something to eat and then I'd starve it out until I either got home or found somewhere where I could get like a sandwich or something like that. So that was one of the, that was one of the cause and effects of that. Um, and it was just, like I said, it was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to be a little more healthy. The reason why I ate it today, and this might be a little TMI, is because 
going on a trip soon, and I'm trying to culture my stomach for the event. <laughs> so I know I'm going to be out in the uh, out in the world doing my thing, and I got to make sure that I'm not going to have the worst case of BGs when I'm out there because I'm eating fast food again. So that was the point for today. Uh, had a delicious what was it called the ultimate cheeseburger at jack in the box with no cheese because i don't do cheese but it was delicious it was good uh but now i feel sluggish and like oh what was i'm gonna feel like i need to go in a food coma but sitting in the car recording a podcast letting it all sit in before i head back into the shop to work so speaking of cause and effect and making decisions i wanted to talk about setting a frame set for success. This is today's man talk, right? So the the way you, so the what I mean by that is kind of let me kind of paint a little illustration. The way you see the field determines your success. So like the way you kind of see or set your kind of surroundings is going to determine how the outcome is. Um, you know, like for instance, I'll use this podcast as an example. Uh, just like any other kind of social media, I know it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight success. I wish it would, but that's just not the way it's going to be. It's going to take time to get the numbers and for people to get the word out. So do me a favor. If this is the first time listening, here's the cheesy stuff that everyone always says. If you like it, follow, leave a comment, share it up, all that kind of stuff. Help me get this thing rolling. But I know that this is not going to be an overnight success. So I have to set some goals. I have to set some goals that are attainable and some goals that I think are going to stretch me and make me uncomfortable. Um, And then it goes way beyond that, I think. So, you know, people say, you know, the hot hot word right now is manifestation. Mm, I, I think there's a couple different ways of looking at that. I am a firm believer of manifesting your destiny, but I am a firm believer in that and not the like uh, woo-woo way of saying that. I'm a firm way of it meaning get off your butt and do it. So the other thing, you know, you know, people do you know, manifestation of that. They do a dream board. Um, and then, you know, I would say like, what are your action items? What are you going to do to make you get closer to that goal. Now, here's the stretch. Here's where it gets hard. If you have something like this, you wanna write down a list of what your goals are, but here's the kicker. Here's the one that no one tells you, and here's the one that I'm gonna say is what all this is worth. Write a list of things that you're willing to sacrifice, right? So let me repeat that. Write a list of things that you're willing to sacrifice to get to your goal. So like for an example, uh, my kids' education in in their environment is my number one thing right now. Um, It it means the most to me. It means the most to raise my kids right. Um, I want my kids to take care of me when I can't do it anymore. So that's my number one thing. So, you know, some of my things that my thing is, is that I, we don't have a nice new fancy house. We have an old house. We bought it in 2010 when everything was low and we bought the ugliest house on the street <laughs> so we could just get into it. 
Now, we could move because now it's worth a lot more. And But, you know, we want that payment to be low because I want my kids to be in a private school. Our cars, we don't drive new cars. Uh, my car I'm currently recording this in is a 98 Chevy truck. My wife's car is like a 2012. Um, and then I have my old truck, but we don't drive new cars because we don't want car payments. But it's also so I can get that goal of keeping my kids in a school. Um, you know, some of the other things that other people can equate to, um, you know, maybe if you don't have kids or something like that, and you know, maybe it's work more. I see, I do this also because I own a business, but sometimes you have to put in more hours, but putting in that more hours equals more freedom, right? So, um, that's one thing that I've been very successful with in my eyes. In my eyes, I've been successful with having flexibility at work. But then that also comes with the, what I'm saying, sacrificing. Well, I'm sitting in my driveway of my shop today because I just went and had lunch and it is 5, 5.30 almost. And I just had my lunch and I'm recording a podcast and I'm going back to work after this. So that, as I burp up that gross sandwich, that is my sacrifice. So you got to look at, you know, the goals and sacrifice are the same coin. You, you can't have one with that, one side without the other. So look at things like that. Uh, you know, your choices will create your, your challenges. Um, so micro choices, you know, are like the snooze button, talking to people that are going to suck your time away, all that kind of stuff. These are, or like, for instance, when I was, when I was hustling and I did, and I did work for someone at a firm, I was first one in last one out um when i coach baseball you know i'm always yelling at the kids one more and i say you know why because there's always going to be that kid on the other side of your team or like on the other side of the diamond that stayed and did one more they did one more rep they took one more pitch they did one more push-up so if you can do one more than what you think you're done you're going to be one up on them that was a big thing for me um, you know, uh, one of the little micro decisions could be something like uh, staying off your phone, right? That phone is a, I'm hyper guilty of this. It is the worst time suck ever. It's just horrible for me for time management. Just, it's not good. Um, but, you know, your career is, and, and kind of who you are, your reputation is the sum of all these like micro choices, I think. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean you have to be like the top of your career or anything like that. But if you're a person of good integrity, the people that will understand that is they'll see that based off all these little micro decisions that you do. Um, so I guess going on to the third point of this, uh, one thing I heard was you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your participation, of your preparation. Sorry, had to cough. I don't have a mute button on this podcast. Deal with it. So you fall to the level of your preparation. So, for instance, listen to your surroundings. Actively listen to your situation. So what active listening is, people, I think, get listening very confused. They get listening with hearing, but they don't get listening with, like, active. So, like, for instance, if you're in a conversation or, say, a debate, active listening is listening with the intent to understand what they're talking about. It's not listening with the intent to reply. So 
clear that up. So you're not sitting there in an argument and wait, you're listening to the argument and you're waiting for your, for you to kind of fire your zinger. You're listening so that you can understand their side of the argument. I love, I love debating people on things like this because I listen to understand what they're saying. And then the key to a good argument or a good debate, and I don't mean argument, I mean in a negative way, I just mean like debate or when you're having a conversation is to, the key to that is to listen actively, soak it all in, kind of digest it. And this could happen with a matter of seconds before you reply. Maybe, you know, give it five seconds before you reply. Um, And then play chess with that, with that, you know, how you go back to it. So that is something that is really important when it comes to your actions. Um, you know, if you have an interaction coming up, practice for it. It's, you know, my kid, I I try to kind of show my kid this stuff, but you know, not really teach him it yet. Just kind of show him through the actions, but it's like practicing for the track. Um, you know, understanding, we practice for the double single, we practice for the triple, um, we, you know, have scenarios where maybe his battery is not fully hot and, or meaning it's, you know, tired and he's got to understand how to drive his car in different situations. These are situ- things are things that you prepare for so that you know how to handle them. And, uh, you know, it's change up your practices every day to get prepared for that. And I guess one of the, one of the last ones, I'm just kind of going over my notes here real quick. But one of the last ones is, or I would say would be, lost my place in my notes. Everyone, so I forgot who said this. It was some bodybuilder, but everyone wants to be a bodybuilder, but no one wants to lift the heavy ass weights, right? So, uh, you know, if you're striving to be a content creator and you're making one video a week, good job for doing something, but as Matthew McConaughey says, those are rookie numbers. You got to bump those numbers up in this racket. So meaning if you want to be great at something, you got to do it, man. You got to just get out there and do it. Whether that's, um, being a good board member, you know, put yourself in those situations. If that's being a good coach, coach as much as you can have as many practices as you can get as many games under your belt as you can. Want to be a good racer? Get out there and practice. You want to be a good crawler? Go trailing. Find the rocks. Get Understand how your car, you know, reacts to it. Uh, you want to be a good builder? Build more cars. You know, and, you know, there's, and there's, and every, there's always excuses. You know, there's always excuses. Oh, I can't afford to build more cars. Well, build one, drive it, tear it down, build it again. Build it with a different, you know, that I did that several times when I first started. I would build a car tear it down, build it again in a different style, tear it down, build it again, and then, you know, sell it or whatever. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of those different things. Um, you know, everyone wants to be great at something, like I said, but, you know, it's the matter of who's willing to put in the work. And, and you know, it's uh, it's the dedication, it's the discipline, it's all that stuff. It's the discipline to stay with it. You know, I'm trying to be disciplined about this podcast. I am going to have some time issues in the next two or three weeks. So I have to be disciplined that I'm going to have to try to pump out 
two podcasts a week so that I have one in my back pocket. So if I can't get to a new one, I'll have one ready to go. So that's the discipline, right? That's the discipline part of it. Um, So I guess my question to you, amigos, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about the thing that you want to do? Uh, Do you want to climb up? Do you want to start your own business? Do you want to be an RC racer? Do you want to be an RC influencer? Do you want to be a better boyfriend, husband? Do you want to be a better dad? What are you going to do about it? You know, think about these things. And I think that probably the one of the best things to start with is that that list of goals or what you want to get, but then also put that list of what you're willing to sacrifice. Um, once you get through all that, you're on your way to greatness. But I'll just leave it with that, guys. What are you going to do about it? Are you looking for something special for that special scale truck in your life? Head over to spec-rc.com and check out their one-of-a-kind, well, they're not one-of-a-kind, but they are very limited run custom CNC wheels for crawlers. They have wheels for crawlers, um, wheels for the SCX6. Now he takes orders and he's got special uh, rings too. So put a ring on it with that. But he takes special orders. Um, You have to follow him on Instagram and on Facebook to see when the books are open. But then that's when you can order these wheels. And these wheels are gorgeous. We just talked about them in the creative process uh, part. And oh my gosh, um, he made a set of wheels for me that were blue anodized with red, I'm sorry, red anodized with machined pieces and blue rings. And they are gorgeous. And we used them for a Captain Insano build a year or two ago. So these wheels are amazing. Ask anyone who's got them. They are like the jewelry on your rig. Go over there, check them out, and uh, get a set ordered up for them. Welcome to the Sombrero Spaceship, amigos. Put on your tin hats, go down to your lead line basement. We're about to be teleported into a new dimension. One that it is okay to investigate and question all the conspiracies without that black sedan showing up outside your house. Look over your shoulder one more time. It's time to get into it. I'm your host, the Chupacabra, Pablo Guerrero. Contrail, noun, streaks of condensed water vapor created in the air by an airplane or rocket at high altitudes. Chemtrail, noun, a long-lasting airplane contrail believed to be composed of harmful chemical or biological agents that are dispersed as part of a conspiracy as to manipulate the environment or the population. Wow. <laughs> what say you, amigos? Are you guys down? Are you guys in your lead line basement or what today? So, 
This is interesting. So here, here's, uh, I'm gonna try to keep this one to 13 minutes. Odd number, odd topics, let's go. So uh, a contrail is basically the water vapor from a jet engine or a uh, rocket that will con- basically create those streaks that go across the, across the sky on a perfectly blue sky. Sometimes you see streaks that go from left to right, or maybe you'll see a few crisscrossing streaks or whatnot from a plane. That is a contrail. A chemtrail is the conspiracy side of that. So the contrails are basically like the exhaust of the plane. So in the exhaust, I mean, you're going to have all kinds of byproducts and exhaust. So that's part of the claims that have happened. So some claims of chemtrails are decades ago, the, the sky was clear and more blue. Um, there's unnatural clouds, the strain, strange weather phenomena, and physical illness. So what would be the purpose of these chemtrails? So theoretically, they could uh, manipulate the weather. Um, they also, one of the reasons they said they could do it is for human population control um, or chemical warfare um, or solar radiation management. So solar radiation management, uh, that was an interesting one that I, I went across. But is this, uh, you know, one of the things I was looking at with this after kind of doing the research is, so let me, let me, let me back up a few steps. So I am not a conspiracy theorist. I enjoy these as entertainment, but like everyone, I say we all kind of assign ourselves assign a little bit of agreeance with some of these conspiracy theories. So I enjoy them. I like to look at them from all different angles. I think we're going to start something where we're going to talk about. I'm going to start polls and be like, is this believable or is this totally unbelievable? And we're going to do a poll on that. So um, kind of getting back is this one of the ideas or concepts I had is, is this the new and like a new industrial war complex, but with weather? Uh, I don't remember who published it, but it said, you know, this was back in like the fifties or forties. And it said, he who controlled the weather controls the world or controls the war. And so I think that was during world war two, actually. Uh, I'm not sure who said it, but anyhow, There has, you know, I think my personal look at this is that it does seem to align with the theory of weather manipulation or modification. Now, I don't, uh, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that, I guess. So, um, so the idea is that these chemtrails release nano metals uh, to control the weather patterns in the clouds. So. Uh, they have aluminum and heavy metal oxides in them. Uh, the, so, you know, I guess, how do we prove this, right? So is it, what, what are the possibilities of this? Well, if you look at it, you know, it is possible. Um, you know, it's possible to spray pesticides, herbicides. It's possible they used Agent Orange in Vietnam, um, and it is the one that seems most 
viable to me is the weather manipulation because of it. They have done studies of cloud seeding and what cloud seeding is is that they pump particulates into the clouds and that will dictate if the cloud will release moisture or hold moisture and it, it's like pumping the clouds full of steroids. So they basically impregnate it with the chemicals, it makes the reaction and then that goes on from there. So there are a couple different things and China I'm sure you're listening because why aren't you? This isn't the TikToks but I'm sure you're listening anyway. But so one of them is the cloud seeding in 2008 at the Beijing Olympics they were concerned about the outdoor parts being bad weather so they allegedly cloud seeded the clouds prior to the Olympics. It rained for a few days to get the pollution down in the air and then they had crystal blue skies for the Olympics. That's one thing that they said would happen. Not sure if it was before or after the fact it was published. However, there was a story in, and you can look this up. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to pull it up real quick on the interwebs. So uh, in China, they made a snowstorm happen uh, and it's documented and are documented snow storm typing it up into the computer so it, they they claim to have done the first artificial snowfall and this was in 2009 so if you look up the news 2009 Chinese snowstorm it, it closed 12 highways in China and it was man-made and so based off of their cloud seeding the interesting thing is is that this stuff kind of went away and came back and so uh, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it but then it so this happened around the same time as the Olympics uh, for the for the snowstorms there you know, it's just, it's interesting. So if you, if you, I'll let you guys do the research on that. You can go and look it up. It's on CNN. It's on Reuters. It's on, I think it's on the New York times. Uh, I'm just looking at the different scientific American talks about cloud seeding, uh, time magazine. How did the Chinese create snow? So yeah. And it actually shows pictures of it. It's pretty impressive. It's a very exciting thing to think about. Now, is it possible to cloud seed and create tornadoes? Or is it possible to cloud seed and create hurricanes? Or create droughts? I don't know if that totally exists on that global level. Um, you know, it makes you wonder. Uh, we have balloons flying over us, allegedly, that are just weather balloons, but what kind of data are they collecting of this weather pattern? Are they trying to collect to see if they're seeing if the cloud seeding is working? If they're trying to see patterns so they can cloud seed? Uh, you know, it makes things really interesting and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the world today when it comes to environmental things and to UFOs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
yeah, so I'm interested to see what people think about this. Now, in my opinion, this is probably more far-fetched than anything else when it comes to chemtrails. And here's kind of why I'm looking at it that way. So it's not just Chinese planes flying over, dropping stuff when you're in middle America seeing chemtrails. Could it be U.S. stuff? I don't know. I mean, this is coming out of commercial planes. As a, I know commercial pilots, they have to walk the aircraft and make sure everything's there. They're going to see a, a rogue nozzle ha- hanging off their plane, you know, blowing out this kind of stuff. Um, could it be something that's put into the fuel? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised about that. I mean, they put... When they change the chemical makeup of, of gasoline with the ethanol versus the lead, that made big changes and uh, with emissions and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but I think this one's this one's going in the fish taco category. So this one's a little fishy to me. Um, but it is exciting to see. It's exciting to hear people talk about it. I would be very excited to see how they could create weather and see some real-time studies of that maybe i mean i've seen things where they've created you know rainfall indoors kind of a thing um but yeah it'd be interesting to see <coughs> Sorry, i gotta get gotta wet the whistle here getting a little parched with all the talking oh sweet delicious lemonade um but yeah it'd be interesting to see because if that's the case and places that are dry that need it. And I think about China because they've had a drought. Um, You know, is that what happens when they have the floods? Are they cloud seeding and they got the the thing wrong and then all of a sudden they're flooding down now? Uh, Because they've had some torrential rains. Um, I don't know, you know, and it's interesting. It's why aren't we trying that? Or why aren't we talking about the science behind that in America? So look for the ads, or not the ads, the polls that I'm going to be posting on social media. And let's see if we can get uh, some people's ideas. So before I, before I go, I'm going to spin the picker. I don't know if this thing has audio or not. We'll see if it does. Hopefully it's loud enough to pick up. So I'm going to, I have the Sombrero Spaceship Conspiracy Picker. I'm going to spin the wheel and we're going to see what next week's conspiracy is going to be. That way you guys can do your own research and I'll do my own research. Let's see if it makes any noise. Oh, ho, 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 ho. bling, bling, bling. Let's see. Where is it stopping? Oh, keep going. Yes. False flag events. This one's going to be... Uh, potentially inflammatory we'll see how that goes i don't know how this isn't going to ruffle people's feathers uh there's a lot of current events that are worrisome of false flags with uh the ten hatters but if you have an idea for something that you want to get on the list i have a full list here the train that's how you know i'm real so i have a list of conspiracies in here If you have one you want added, 
shoot it over to me on DM, leave me a voicemail, comment on the YouTube or on the Instagram, and I'll see if it's not already on this list. We got a bunch of we got a bunch on here. Um, let's see if I can read through the list really quick. Moon landing hoax, chemtrails, flat earth, reptile people, Denver airport Illuminati, let's eat bugs, false flags, blue beam, Rushmore secrets, Bigfoot, Alaskan mind control, and true conspiracies. Well, hopefully I'm not taken away in the next five minutes, but if I am...